All right, Jack. So, so give us a, a brief overview of who you are um, and what's Pineapple Consulting. Yeah. So thanks for having me uh, for starters, guys. Um, so I am Jack Tompkins and I uh, am from Connecticut originally, which is not very exciting, but I live in Charlotte, North Carolina now, which is a bit more exciting. And uh, I spent a lot of time in the corporate world as an analyst in a couple different capacities and kind of realized that small businesses need that same level of analysis, but don't have the resources. So Pineapple Consulting was kind of born out of that idea. And so Pineapple is designed to help small businesses get sort of the big business analysis and analytics and any sort of data problem, data visualization stuff in Excel. I love all of it. Most small business owners hate it. So it's a nice little um, balance there. Nice. That, that's a good point. Um, a lot of the people I talk to are overwhelmed and literally scared of Excel. Yeah. Um, so I'm a finance major or was a finance major. So like my last textbook was Excel Bible for 2019. So, and like we had to teach the class how to use Excel. So like I'm comfortable with it. I understand a lot of people are not. Um, but it brings up a good point. The reason why we wanted to have you on is, is to talk about this data driven approach to making strategic decisions. Um, literally this morning I was doing just that. Um, it's one of those things that it doesn't seem that big of a deal. And it seems like for small business owners, oh, I'll just wait until I'm large enough. But the simple fact is you get large by doing that now, not the opposite way. So when you're doing this analysis, what are you primarily analyzing? Like what kind of data are you looking at? Yeah, it's a good question. So I try and stick with some of the standards. So financial and marketing data are the big two. The third being what I kind of call like operational data. So I think transportation company, like, are they on time or not? Did they lose the load or whatever it is? Um, finance is definitely number one, though. Okay, makes sense. Um, and, and dive deeper on that. So so finance in in kind of what capacity? Are you looking at optimizing like P&L, like expenses? Like, like what is that specifically that you're looking at? And obviously, I, I imagine it's going to range, but what's the most common? Yeah, no, I think you kind of hit it on the head there. It's, it's sort of that optimization piece. And uh, one thing that I commonly say is... Um, small business owners are they they get excited like oh my gosh somebody's gonna pay me that's great um which is exciting and that's always awesome but diving into those numbers and seeing where does that data come or i'm sorry where does that revenue actually come from um is there one source that's better than the others one source that's more profitable than the other and the big thing is just being able to see it and i try and not do anything in like an income statement because they can come off as really boring and it's just a plain piece that's black and white um, but putting it into like a chart and a graph and their brand colors or something like that, um, it makes things jump out and they, they definitely are able to grasp, okay, this is working well. I'm going to keep doing this. This one's not working well. Maybe I'll change it or stop it. Yeah, it makes sense. And okay. So being data driven and analyzing data is important. How does that help business owners make decisions though? Like walk me through that aspect. Cause it's one thing to have like that information in front of you and it's another thing to take action on it. Right. Yeah, so it's um, it's it's kind of that exact uh, train of thought. It's okay. This is in front of me. This is all cool and pretty to look at. Now, what the heck do I actually do with it? <laughs> um, and so they go down the path of okay, if this whatever this marketing avenue that I went down, Facebook ads, whatever it is, that got me a lot of customers. Okay, should I keep doing more of those? Should I change them up and and make it much more targeted to a specific audience? Whatever it is, it's it's sort of building out that action plan. And then doing some 
you can call it a b testing if you want like do two different ads see which one works better um and then kind of trial and error to see what maximizes whatever revenue or profit they're trying to maximize does that make sense that make yeah no it totally makes sense um and to throw out like a, a quick win like even just a simple 80 20 analysis on like which products do better right it's funny i was talking to at a, at a conference this past weekend to amazon sellers and I was like, you know, how many of you have done 80-20 analysis on your suppliers, on your brands that you carry? And no hand went up. I was like, simple fact is some of you have two brands that generate 80% of your revenue. And if one of them leaves you, you're in a really tough position financially. And what you need to be doing is, you know, cementing that relationship and sending them some goods, <laughs> you know, um, just kind of making that relationship a little stronger. Um, so even from that high of a standpoint, and that doesn't really take much in terms of analysis It's a very light analysis, but, uh, a lot of people just don't do that for whatever reason. Um, it's one of the things that we really built the software company on top of is just be being data driven, um, in every, every area we can, um, let's dive deeper into Excel. Okay. Cause not that we need to dive deep into like, Oh, functions and blah, blah, blah. But like, I just really want to, I want people to understand why they need to spend some time learning Excel and talk about Tableau too. I, I know that's kind of on the docket here. Um, talk a bit about both and, and the power sets of using each one. Yeah. So we'll start with Excel. That's, that's definitely my home base. That's kind of what I grew up in kind of thing. Um, it's something that's, it's uniquely across almost every business. Every computer is going to have Excel pretty much downloaded on it when you open it up kind of thing. Um, so it's something that's pretty universal, but only a small percent of people actually use it to, I don't know, even like 50% of the capabilities. So for what I do, uh, I'd love to go into functions another time. We can get into that. <laughs> but a big thing of what I do is really just... Um, sort of building out like a template process. So if they are downloading info from a CRM, for example, um, and they can put it into Excel, they can easily, uh, with a little bit of learning, put it into something like a pivot table or just like a graph or something along those lines. And it makes things pop out. It's not super complex. It's clicking a few buttons, um, but you got to know which buttons to click. So there's there's so much in that realm of Excel that just takes a little bit of learning or a little bit of effort, um, but can have a huge impact, which for my business is is really kind of seeing the results in front of you. Yeah, that makes sense. And a lot of times it's Googling. That's right. all. <laughs> right? It's just <laughs> yeah. like, how do I do a VLOOKUP? Here's a function. Here's how you do it. Um, I remember having to do an index match match um, for a project. And that was the most complex. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, it was insane. Um, but enough Googling, you can figure this stuff out. And a lot of times it's, it's, you know, basic operators like plus and minus and division, you know, um, summation, it, it doesn't have to be super complex. And what's so funny is, um, even this past weekend, I, I was talking to somebody and they were trying to build some of their operations and analysis into Google sheets and like, dude, I just, I can't figure out how to do this one thing. And it was so funny how I could jump in and just like one function, solve that entire thing. And now we just freed up a bottleneck for that person's operations. Um, so it's a worthy skill. I, I would say people who are really, you know, skilled at Excel are not special snowflakes. <laughs> it's something we've all just had to take time to learn and, and, and play around with. Um, but walk me through Tableau. Cause I don't have a lot of experience with it. I know what it is. Um, 
but it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's kind of like Excel on steroids, or maybe that's maybe that's incorrect. It's right to an extent. Um, the big thing for Tableau is um, well, there's a couple differences between Excel. So number one is it's actually not very like manual input based. So in Excel, you can type anything into any cell and you're golden. Tableau is very much look at the picture and interact with it kind of thing. So the beauty of that is you can have a bar chart of your revenue, for example, and you can hover over it and out pops uh, your revenue breakdown for that month, your profit for that month, whatever it is. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of interactive features in Tableau that Excel kind of has, but not really, and they're definitely not right in front of you like they are in Tableau. Another piece is um, Tableau automatically connects to, I, I mean, I'd say dozens, but that's probably not doing it justice, like over 100 uh, just like standard data sources. And that could be something like QuickBooks or Google Analytics that a lot of businesses use. Um, and that auto connect is really nice because you don't have to go download a CSV into Excel, put it into your template. Um, it's just set up the connection once and boom, you're good to go. Um, so it is, it is similar because the goal is let's make things very visual. Um, but there's definitely some benefits, uh, to using Tableau as well. I'm thinking to myself as, as a person who loves software of all kinds, like I'll, I'll try just about anything once. I think historically one of the biggest, Ooh, dang. All right. We're doing great this morning. Historically, one of the biggest hangups I had was, you know, when I when I launch Tableau for the first time compared to Excel, like it feels a bit overwhelming, right? Like I don't I don't know what to do with all this newfound power I have, right? Like I know I know I could you know I can reshape the world practically inside of Tableau versus Excel, but like you know as as somebody I, I still don't know Tableau, right? Like you know as a as a newcomer to Tableau still a newcomer i probably launched it once like five years ago and never did it again like where do i where do i start like i mean there's obviously a lot to gain from using a tool like tableau but like it's really easy to get lost in the weeds and get overwhelmed where where would you want to aim somebody first if it's their first time poking at yeah yeah it's a really good question um because your point it is it is very overwhelming when you open it up Whereas Excel, it's it's literally a blank piece of paper, and it's like, oh, okay, it's it's I can do whatever I want. Tableau is a bit different. Um, so one thing that I like to do is when you open it up, and if you connect to a data source, um, that piece is somewhat self-explanatory. But there's always some hiccups in there too, um, or can be some hiccups, I should say. But assuming that you've got the data all set up, then one of the easiest thing is if you have a metric like revenue. I don't know some of them everybody has. And you just drag and drop it into this big white center piece that's kind of like that Excel blank slate. It'll give you suggestions of, hey, like, do you want to make this into a bar chart? Do you want the line chart? Something like that. And its suggestions are normally pretty powerful. And oftentimes they're correct too, and, and kind of what you're looking for. So once you get that literally just one metric and maybe a time piece, so if you have like uh, months or years or whatever it is just drag those two into the center and it'll create something for you and you might love it you might hate it but you kind of see how it thinks 
And then you can play things around because it'll it'll automatically put those things that you're dragging onto that blank slate into whatever it is, rows or columns. And then you can kind of play around from there. So it's almost like letting it lead you and then adjusting as it continues forward. I mean, so obviously Tableau isn't free. I mean, you right. can try it for free, but it's not perpetually free. Like, I mean, Excel isn't free either, but Google Sheets has, are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Just yeah. about everybody has Microsoft Office in some flavor. And if you happen to not, then right, Google Sheets is like 80% and <laughs> exactly. 100% free, right? I can still do VLOOKUPs and index match match on, exactly. on Google Sheets. <laughs> I can't do like, you know, the the power bi stuff but that's okay <laughs> right <laughs> but you know if you if you really wanted to to, to hack your formulas together you could probably yeah. jerry-rig something to make it work right like yeah hmm. i think you know i've more or less answered the question i'm about to ask by saying that in that you know because you know tableau is not free but excel is almost free and google sheets is free like why like is it reasonable to to have people start with Sheets and see or Excel and see how it works before diving in? Like, you know, we Dylan and I talk about picking picking the simplest options you you could manage to to do whatever you're doing first, right? Like, don't don't shovel a ton of cash into a thing before you actually know that it's going to provide value, you know. And I feel like in this case you know, Tableau is a great example of that, right? Like it's, it's not going to force you to sell a kidney to use it, but you know, it's, it's also not $5 either. So, you know, I, I, I can imagine, I, I can see a lot of folks thinking Tableau has all of this power to it. I should just go straight into that. Right. Is it un, is it unreasonable for me to say, no, please don't do that and start with, <laughs> Excel or Google Sheets first? I think there's a certain use case where Tableau makes sense to dive right into. And I would say before you so go along like the sort of the free trial method, um, there is the free trial of Tableau, but there's also a whole lot of online learning. And they actually do a pretty good job of kind of walking you through kind of like what we were just talking about. Like, okay, you just opened Tableau for the first time. Holy crap, there's a lot going on here. Let's take you step by step. So um, it's like tableau.com slash learning or something very generic and, and kind of obvious like that. Um, but they do a really good job of walking you through it. And you can kind of take it piece by piece then. So the use case where you would want to just dive right into Tableau is kind of if you're not going to do a whole lot of manipulation to whatever data you want. So for example, if you are trying to project out your financials for the year. Great. Everybody kind of has to do that at, at some point. Um, Excel is going to be better for that because you're going to make inputs and you're going to say, we're going to go by 10%, then 20% or whatever it is. If you have something that is just um, sort of prior looking, uh, what was our revenue last year? And you can just dump that into Tableau. That's a good use case. And if there's a whole lot of data, if you're in whatever, all 50 states and you have 20 different industries and you want to break it out by all that, that's a good use case for Tableau too because it's it's just a drag and drop at that point and you see how things shake out. You don't have to do any manual inputs and uh, whatever data you're grabbing from, you can probably connect it automatically to Tableau. So if, it's almost like if you're not really a data person or don't want to be in the weeds, 
and you just want to drag and drop, Tableau could be your best friend. That sounds more like Dylan's thing. (laughs) (laughs) Are you underselling me, Jonathan? Maybe. I might be. I'm a data person. You know this. For for any anything number related that I, I find myself doing, I, I I just pull up a Google Sheet, right? Like I have Excel, but I like using Sheets because it's easier to open up on other devices. And mm-hmm. Tableau's eight hundred and forty dollars a year. Right. Like, oh wow. That's a it's it's seventy seventy dollars per user per month billed annually. I just pulled it up here because so I see do. I can in Google Chrome just go to sheet.new and I'm already in a sheet working. <laughs> you know? right. like, yeah. So I think so that in terms of speed. <laughs> That's, you know, ultimately what I'm what I'm getting at here is I think, you know, there's definitely if you can if you can find a way to save seventy dollars in time effort, what however you want to quantify it, right? Like seventy dollars is not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. True. But because it is an annual billing cycle, like you kinda already it seem it to me it seems like you already have to have a good idea of what you want to do with it, right? For just that quick little thing, like if you can do it in Google Sheets or Excel it's probably you're probably going to be more comfortable with it, um, and I'm, I'll say, equally a proponent of Excel and Tableau. Tableau is it's it's really good for that auto connection and a whole bunch of data. So Excel has like the million the million row limit, which if you're downloading it something before that's, that though, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, really, really, like I had some some P sets that were pretty lengthy, and it mm-hmm. would take like five minutes to pull up the Excel file. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, um, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. So that makes sense. Okay, so it, it really depends on the scope of the project, right? Like if I'm just trying to do a quick allocation of, you know, why do people churn and classify that and get get a distribution of, you know, the category through which like that's I'm just going to do that in Google Sheets. Like that doesn't need to be something that needs to go through something like Tableau. But if I'm trying to port over all of our revenue data as, you know, a, a large seven figure SaaS company, that's different, right? That because the data is going to be much heavier, which, which makes a lot of sense, but that brings up a different point or or question, which is like your analysis is only as good as your data. Right. And so many, so many business owners either do not set up the systems to capture their data or do not understand that they have these systems already in place, but they're not fully utilizing it. So do you see a lot of, um, as you're working with clients, when you're coming in where they really just struggle and they're missing the mark in terms of the data that they are either creating or or have set aside, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's it follows the whole uh what is it, garbage in, garbage out. Right, mantra. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um and that that is a big problem because uh I so I deal with a lot with small businesses, um, typically like way under a hundred employees kind of thing. Half of them are just like, Yeah, I, I kind of have a bookkeeper, but I also have this back of the napkin that I do calculations on. And for that person, Tableau is not the answer. <laughs> right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it does it does come up a decent amount. And it's something I try and stress to that the quality of your data and just taking whatever it is, five, 10 minutes to you have to manually input it, you have to manually input it. But if you get into a usable form, it unlocks so many other things and opens so many other doors. So that back of the napkin is cool if you're just on the fly doing something but getting it into some semblance of a usable form is huge 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 yeah and and it's creating this beautiful feedback loop and we we talk about like you know mental models all the time on the show but like feedback loops are one is one that comes up 
in my life quite a bit. It's one that I focus on because it, it's not overwhelming to grow a sizable business with the right feedback loops in place. Right. Um, that's financially speaking. That's based on features, right? Product design, all that stuff. It comes down to, you know, thoughtfully building that out. Like prime example, like we have a churn feedback loop, right? So every time somebody does churn and wants to leave us, we're like, that's cool. I'll do that for you. Like why? And then we log all of that. And what's great is we do that in, a, in Google Sheets. Um, we just have that ported over via Zapier automatically. But what's great is like this morning, I wanted to sit down and just analyze, you know, why are people churning the past like, you know, 30 days? I just want to see if there's a trend going on. And now it's easy to jump. I mean, literally, we gave it to our intern. I was like, hey, here's the sheet. Go do a quick analysis. He's Luckily, he's a finance major, so he's kind of comfortable. <laughs> but I was like, show me the distribution of like classify each one. And luckily there's not a ton, which is nice, but so less, you know, not, not daunting from a data size standpoint, but he's able to classify each one and say, here's the distribution. Great. What's awesome about that is I now get to see what we should be doing that would positively impact churn, which would positively impact our growth rate. That's not a hard thing to do when you have the systems in place. But if I was like, oh, we need to go figure what that you know, what the churn reasons are because it's not consolidated on one, you know, piece of, uh, you know, document. Good luck. I mean, it's going to take so long, right? I have to comb through every single conversation we've ever had. And that's just not going to work because we have a high volume of, of support, but now it's easy. Now I can say, Hey, intern, get it done in two days. <laughs> He's like, yeah, right. sounds good. <laughs> right. Easy. Yeah. If you yeah, tell the intern, it's, it's Hey, insane. Go, t- go call the 10 people that left to figure out why that's a whole nother story. A hundred percent. Right. So even, I think it's easy to look at the large scale, like, all right, let's optimize your P and L. Let's look at your expenses. You like, you know, one thing we do every quarter is we look at the, the softwares and tools um, that we've been paying monthly on that we're like, we love it. We don't want to go anywhere. Okay. Well, if they're going to give us a 20% de- discount on annual, let's go ahead and do that. Save a little bit of money. Like we'll do stuff like that. Right. Which is an analysis of data. Um, but there's even the the simpler stuff, <laughs> which a lot of people overlook. Like, what are some of the simple things um, that people should be aware of when it comes to like, you know, obviously collecting of data in what type, but also like the analysis of it? It's a good question and definitely one that applies directly to my target market. So, and probably yours too, I would imagine. A few of those things are, <laughs> I, I'll I'll say it. Um, make sure your financials are kept in one place. Um, oh, geez, yeah, and that's. I have seen that enough times to warrant saying that <laughs> um, there's a classic like business credit card versus personal credit card. And that one's, you know, it's manageable, but it's annoying, but throw everything into QuickBooks or FreshBooks or whatever system is your favorite, put it somewhere in one place. And that's a huge, huge, huge relief. Um, another one that I deal with specifically is marketing. So if you're just throwing dollars out there and seeing what comes back, um, everybody's got to do that to some extent, right? You got to spend money to make money kind of thing. Um, but if you're spending a thousand dollars on Facebook ads and 20 bucks on Google ads, um, and you get the same amount of leads for it, then that's worth noting. But if you don't have that tracked anywhere, um, and, and I say tracked, like it's some big fancy thing, just write it down somewhere. <laughs> um, stuff like that is, is just, okay, like let's make some sort of note, not just a mental note, but some sort of note so we can look back at this and it can make a big difference. Yeah, no, I agree. We, we recently did this. So in SaaS, you want to have a CAC to LTV. So, so call to acquire a customer to lifetime value of at least three to one, ideally, you know, five to one. And so Google sheet, I literally threw in, here's how much we spent. Here's what we got. Here's the return on that investment. 
And as much as I want Facebook ads to scale and work really, really well, they just don't. And SEO crushes it, right? Um, and affiliates crush it. So it's it's one of those things like that is such a quick, simple analysis that I I was able to do in like 30 minutes and then basically pull back on ads and be like, it doesn't make sense. And so now, you know, we're able to take a decent amount of money, a few thousand dollars per month from one platform and one consultant that really just was not performing and then give it to somebody who is performing and doubling down on the things that are working, right? So that one simple thing is saving us thousands of dollars per month and theoretically having a higher ROI over time. Like, it's so crazy. It's just that little thing. And that's 30 minutes of my time. I mean, that's that's a $1,000 per hour kind of task, right? <laughs> and we can get it done. And that's the thing is like, you don't have to be a crazy, you know, grandmaster at Excel to do the stuff we're talking, like the simple stuff. It's so crazy. Um, it's just having a, a analytical mind and understanding that you're trying to solve a problem and to do so you need the data to analyze, to make that data driven decision, right? It can't be gut anymore. I'm sorry. That stuff doesn't work. <laughs> like I listen, my gut tells me that Facebook ads are going to crush it and here we are <laughs> and they're just not. Um, and that's okay. Right. I think it's one of those things where as a, as a founder, as a business owner, it makes you more confident because you're not, you're basically not speculating on your decisions anymore. You're not going like, oh, well, let's just see what happens. It's like, no, here's the data. Here's what's going to happen because fun fact, there's a higher probability of me being right. I don't need to be like Mr. Expert, like, heck, I'm 28. Like, no, I'm not going to be an expert. I'm not going to make the greatest decisions every single time. But I can at least, you know, do some risk mitigation in my decision making by looking at historical data, projecting out stuff like that. I mean, it's just it's so awesome. Um, it's funny, like I feel like that's the majority of my day is actually data analysis. The more that I think about it, like across the board. I mean, really, because because we set up systems. I mean, we set up dashboards using like a mixed panel to show. Okay, well, is Google Search doing better? In terms of conversion, like we're looking at conversion rate optimization too, right? Facebook ads bring in more new trials, but the conversion rate is dramatically lower. So if I just saw, oh, we're adding a ton of new trials, I can be excited all day long, but the ROI is actually negative. So, okay, well, do I want to look at a vanity metric or (laughs) one that actually makes sense, right? And it's very yeah, exactly. It's very easy to be like, oh, well, you know, I just I just doubled our our new trial rate. Who cares if nobody's going to pay you from it? You know, simple stuff, simple stuff. Yeah, that's some of my favorite. And like calling it data analysis has such a stigma around it, but like it, it truly is. That is data analysis. You're analyzing a small amount of data. And that's some of my favorite stuff. It's uh, the whole like data has such a stigma where it's for the Fortune 500. And if you don't have a data warehouse, then there's no point in doing data analysis kind of thing. But throw it into Google Sheets, throw some numbers on a paper. And that half hour it takes you to realize that Facebook ads aren't cutting it. You're going to refocus your spending into whatever is working SEO. And it's going to have such a huge impact. And it's just from being like, okay, this number is bigger than this number. And this one is doing better. Easy. Done. Yeah. It's funny because like we do have a data warehouse because we're a SaaS company, but I never touch it. <laughs> like I just, I've just, and I probably should now that I'm thinking about it because I'm like, man, there's probably some analysis I could do it at, at a much higher macro level um, that I just have it done. But to be honest, it's be, been mainly due to the fact that there's so many little things that I need to do that are dramatically impactful. Um, I can only imagine at a high end. I mean, 
you know, if, if you run any kind of software and you have servers, I mean, looking at that cost breakdown, right? Like that's a variable thing, but there's some stuff you can do to negate that. Like if we're looking at growth um, or, you know, we were looking at optimizing the, um, the P and L and we're like, well, we're spending up this percentage on hosting. And then our, basically my co-founder James, who's, who's technical is like, Oh, well I could probably just optimize that and lower it by like 4%. I'm like, that's the most impactful thing we could do. We're going to lower our, our total expenses by 4% with one decision. That's great. Versus trying to argue for like, Oh, we shouldn't pay $5 a month for, you know, that little software. It's like, that doesn't matter now. <laughs> like 4%, one decision. Um, again, it makes you look so smart. That's, that's the upside here outside of like the savings and growth is like, you just look like a genius. And you're just following what the data tells you. How great is that? It's the answers in front of you. All you got to do is just do it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Jonathan, yeah. you want to dive into anything specific on your end? I'm I'm thinking about this from the perspective of a a newer business owner who, you know, right now I have I have a couple of places where things exist. Right, like I have my bookkeeping software and I have my inventory, you know, and. Uh, sales records and all that reports and stuff and Shopify and things like that and Google analytics for funsies and Facebook ads for more funsies. Um, I don't, I don't know yet. Like looking, looking at all the things I have, like I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. Like if I, if I was to, you know, if you, if you approached me as a, as a stranger and said, Hey, have you thought about, you know, taking your data analysis to the next level or what, how, whatever you say. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would just because like, I don't, I, it sounds like a use case problem. Yeah. I think cause, cause here's one. Cause Jonathan, I have more context. Here's one. Go for so it. So a simple analysis you could do is looking at your product line, seeing which one has the highest conversion rate mm-hmm. on the page, which one sells the majority. So a quick 80, 20 analysis. And instead of trying to run Facebook ads to all, every product in your product line, maybe it's a higher allocation to just the product that has a higher ROI and conversion rate, right? So that's a simple optimization that, that could theoretically have a massive impact, right? Yeah. Um, or you realize like a lot of more people like, you know, your darker roast than the lighter roast. So maybe you need to come out with a fifth dark roast that has a little spin on it, right? Or, or it's purely user feedback, right? So what do people love? What do people hate? roll that back in, right? That's still data analysis, right? Sure. Um, so having a system in place to say, every time we get a piece of feedback, positive and negative, we're going to log that somewhere with some, you know, date times and stuff like that. Or you do it relative to each product. And now the V2 of, of that specific product can be slightly different, right? So you double, triple down on the positive feedback, and then you shore up the negative feedback. That makes sense, right? If, if 80% of people are telling you the dark roast is great, but I wish it was a little, you know, I don't know what terms you coffee stomps use, <laughs> bolder and flout, flavorful. I don't freaking know, buds. I don't know. You know, then buds, you make it bud. You know, bud. The wrong one. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a, a nice, uh, what is it? <laughs> Real oaky afterbirth, you know? Hmm. Sort of an oaky afterbirth. Mm. What was that? Um, <laughs> thank you, the office, for that one. Um, oh, no. You know, then you make it more oaky, right? Like that. That, but that's still data analysis, right? And so, right. I think it seems like, well, I've got a lot going on. Do I really need to set up those systems? It doesn't seem like it makes sense now, but it 
it makes the most sense now because as you grow, it's harder to implement those systems. Mm-hmm. You've yes. already negated a lot of the low hanging fruit that really could have compounded your growth, right? So you're like, oh, well, now I'm big. Now it makes sense. But you could have been theoretically twice as big, if not more, if you had those feedback loops and that analysis built into the system early on. And it's easier to hand off to, to team members and stuff as, as you grow. That makes sense. That makes sense. Did I sell you? I don't know. <laughs> Jack, did he do all right? I think he did great because I was on the exact Crushing same page. I was going to say, That's... look at your pr- different products. And like we're talking about marketing ads and stuff like that. But even if you're a manufacturing or like a, a contractor and you're pricing out different pieces of tile, like one tile costs more than the other. And if you're selling them for the same price, you get a different margin. If nobody likes the expensive tile, easy. Don't use it or don't offer it. Stuff is just as simple as that. It, it, it makes a big difference. And to, Dylan, to your point again, um, once you build that feedback feedback loop, it becomes it becomes a habit. And it's okay. I'm going to be bigger quicker because I know what's coming in and what's good and what's not. And also, it's going to be programmed into you so that when you are big, it's you don't have to go fumble around and look for that back of the napkin. You can just see, oh, this is still working great. Awesome. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, totally makes sense. Well, Jack, where can people find out more about you and Pineapple Consulting? Yeah. So I'd say the first place is head over to my website, um, which is pineapplecf, as in consultingfirm.com. Say it again in case anybody's listening on speed mode. <laughs> pineapplecf, as in consultingfirm.com. Awesome. Well, dude, thanks for coming on and, and nerding out with me. I think <laughs> we we did sell Jonathan on on uh, feedback loops and data analysis, though, so that's a success. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so. He's smiling. I'm gonna take that as a win. <laughs> there we it's, go. There's there's definitely I, I'm finding myself the the recent string of of guests on the show. I'm pretty sure it's just Dylan subversively trying to teach me all of the things like it's always it's it's just one one thing after another of stuff that will eventually i'll have to deal with and know nothing about and somehow i'm basically social engineering jonathan's entire business model via podcast (laughs) right and i just don't know it yet right in six months he'll he'll actually be the one running it and i won't even right and the data is going to tell the truth (laughs) see there we go (laughs) Dylan, Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thank you, Jack. Thanks.